and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Schuch-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sonia. How is your wonderful day beginning over there in Australia? It's good. I It's bright and shiny outside and a little bit cold, but not too bad. And I'm really excited to, to dive into our topic today. We yeah. are going to sort of discuss, you know, what does it mean to be professional, right? So I think there's this sort of idea in the world that as business owners running your own business, we should be more professional. And so what's the sort of, where do we draw the line between being professional and yet being sort of honest, authentic, and transparent and vulnerable? Um, And so I think this topic leads into so many threads because oftentimes that professionalism can also sort of bleed into our perfectionism. And and so, yeah, we're just going to dive into this topic and see what comes up. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited to be able to always talk about (laughs) The flip side of being perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Let it all hang out. Yes. But how do we do that? How do we let it all show up? And can we let ourselves always show up fully in a professional space? I think is the question. Yeah. And I think, you know, this was interesting because yesterday I was in a group of women and we were sort of discussing this topic. And I think sometimes, you know, what we think is we have to sort of put on masks or we put roles on as we go into different areas of our lives, right? So that's sort of that compartmentalizing. Like we put on a mask and this is how we operate with our family or we put on a mask and this is how we operate with our friends and we put on masks. This is how we operate in business. We're more professional. And and one of the things that I believe around that sort of Um, ideology is that it leads to a lot of exhaustion because just being, having to put on a mask at all creates a lot of energy and effort to keep it on. And so, you know, this is one of the pieces that I feel is really important because the more integrated we are, so the more we are the same in all areas of our lives, you know, the better we are personally, the more energy we have, the more integrated we are, the happier we are, the more fulfilled we are. So I think this is a really important topic, but how do we also stay professional? Yeah. Well, it's a good point that you bring up as far as the energy drain. Um, You know, if you just think about the more masks that you have to wear, the more hats that you have to put on, if you're constantly having to be a different person in different parts of your lives, it's going to take up a lot of energy. And definitely the more integrated we are, the more that we can kind of show up as ourselves, regardless of the different environments that we're inhabiting, then that is less energy, more 
energy for us to use towards our joy and happiness. But the question, and I've definitely encountered this as a therapist as well, because we have very strict um, ethical guidelines about your professionalism with a client, what you're able to share um, in a therapy session about yourself versus, you know, being there and, and listening to a, to the client story, really being present for the client. So therapists, coaches, healers, like we have that component um, that you really sometimes maybe don't feel a hundred percent, but you're there healing and helping someone and, and trying to be authentic to your experience, but also keep that professional um, role is really important. And then there's just like, going into maybe with your peers and your colleagues at networking events or, um, you know, on a project you're working with, where do you, um, maybe if you're having a really hard time, if you completely lose it at the table and you're crying and you're like having this really hard time, you worry, will they take me seriously? Like, am I going to lose my credibility with my peers and with my colleagues? And so I, I feel like this is just, um, a really great, area to dive in and kind of follow these different threads be like how do we show up integrated and authentic but also keep a certain um professional i don't even know exactly what word i'm going because i don't want to say a, a professional um role or lens or something that feels like we're having to put something on that's not true to us so i don't know what do you think yeah, I think we could actually talk about it in terms of responsibility, actually, rather than sort of a, a role or a mask that we have to play. Like, I feel that I'm pretty integrated in all the areas of my life. I don't think that anyone thinks I'm a different person. Like, if you meet me in person, you see me, you know, in a role in my business, or you know me as a family or friend, like, I'm pretty much the same person all around. So I feel pretty integrated and honest and transparent. But I also am responsible. So for instance, with my clients, I'm not going to kind of vomit on them everything I might be going through or my fears or anything that might be coming up, because that's not very responsible. It doesn't make mean that I'm putting a mask on or I'm being different or I'm trying to be perfect or I'm pretending that I don't have something going on. Like I might be honest to say, yeah, look, I've had a really tough week, but then it stops there because I'm being responsible with what I share and responsible with how much burden I put on someone else. And I think this is, you know, that's sort of the lens that I like to look through is you know, what's my responsibility? It's kind of like, I'm not going to burden my kids with all of my worries, but you know, I might share that with my partner. So it, I'm still the same with my kids. I'm not pretending to be something else. I might still be honest that I'm struggling or honest that I've got some worries going on, but I'm not going to sort of put that on them. And so I think yeah. that's sort of what we can look at and, and define in terms of um, sort of what's more professional or more responsible. Yes. That makes a lot of sense because energetically, it's like when somebody comes to me and says, you know, we're maybe in a professional relationship or in a work relationship and they name or own an experience that they're having, like maybe on their way to the meeting, they just got some really difficult news about a loved one who's sick or something. Right. And like they own that and they're saying like, this is what's happening. It's I don't ever lose any kind of sense of respect or credibility. Like my perception of, of someone who's really able to share, like endears me to them. Mm -hmm. um, and especially when we are not energetically throwing that at another person, like the difference yeah. is if somebody was to come in and basically um, 
be like, oh, I don't even have like the ability to be at this meeting and I don't even want to, no, 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 I've got all this stuff going on and kind of falling apart, then that might impact. Then I'm like, whoa, all of a sudden I feel like I'm, um, I'm having to take on this person's um, life as well. And I can't be in a supportive place with that. It's actually getting mixed in like with, with this dynamic that we're having. It's, it's not whenever somebody's not able to fully um, trying to get the word when you're not able to like inhabit your own space with something and, Mm. and, and own it and name it, it becomes sometimes the other person. And then that other person may have a negative reaction to you, not because you're being vulnerable, but because somehow you were kind of putting that in your space and you feel like a sense of responsibility. I mean, I think that um, obviously when somebody needs to process, like if I was on my way to a meeting with someone that I couldn't be that vulnerable with, I might call you, for example, and just be like, oh my goodness, Sonia, I just got this really bad news and I'm going into this meeting and I don't really know what I'm going to say or do. And so then you and I talk about it and I work through some stuff. I take some deep breaths and then I come into that meeting and I share, like, I've just had some really difficult information personally. So I just want you to know that I'm coming in with that. However, I'm still here. I have time for this meeting. I really want to be in a space with you today. So let's go into this talk. And I want to, you know, like, yeah, I think that's how we have to think about where do we get these needs met? And it's, yeah. Yeah. And I think this is really sort of, we're talking about the ability to have responsibility within the self, right? Or, you know, some people have, I've used the term before of self-possession, yeah. Like, you know, being able to um, sort of navigate and own and, you know, take care of ourselves and be responsible for ourselves without asking other people to be responsible for us. And I think there's a lot of confusion in the business world because right now this line is very blurred. You know, as we talk more about vulnerability, uh, you know, as people like Brene Brown sort of bring this up, how important the vulnerability is, I think also people are taking it too far. You know, they're they're using it as a way to sort of like, like I said, sort of vomit on people or <laughs> throw out stuff or ask people to give them sympathy or you know, there's all these ways that we sort of utilize um, some of our emotions or some things in order for others to be more responsible for us. And I think that that is not, you know, what I would call professional or that is not responsible And so, you know, we have to we have to look at in terms of how does this benefit another? Right. So, you know, if I'm in a relationship where I'm, say, coaching my clients, you know, my responsibility is the care of them. My attention is on them. It doesn't mean I'm not transparent or honest or authentic when it's relevant, but I'm not, you know, using our time, you know, in a coaching session to just talk about all my problems and all my stuff. Like sometimes my history, my experience, what I've integrated might be relevant for their care, but if it's not, then it does, it stays out of the coaching call. And I think this is, you know, when we're with friends, that's a very different relationship. And, you know, we're, um, hopefully we've got friends where it's very reciprocal and therefore we can be really like, you know, share more 
of some of our worries, our fears, our emotions, and and they're going to hold that space beautifully for us. Um, and so I think, you know, it's in some ways, this is about learning how to navigate a relationship and to know where the appropriate boundaries are and to know where, you know, we need to um, be compassionate or caring about the role we're playing. But that's very, very different than wearing a mask or putting on an identity or pretending to be something that you're not. Yes. Yes. And I was just thinking that that ability to ask my, I had a mentor tell me once, you know, to ask yourself in that context of a professional relationship, like you were saying, you have a coaching client and you have something coming up that's personal and you're, you just share, you know, some, he was like, Oh, I'm relating to this. So here's this personal story. And I had a, um, a mentor that said, this, especially for therapy, it's like, stop for a moment and ask yourself, why am I sharing mm. this information? Am I sharing it? Because I feel like there's something that could help this person um, in some way, like it's in their benefit to hear this illustration or to understand that I can relate or what's the purpose of that. And if it's because I would feel better sharing it, like I somehow want to be able to say this, there's actually, I can feel it because there have been times it has come up and I thought, oh, I want to share this. And then I checked myself and realized I was just excited to share it because I kind of had that in common or I wanted to connect around that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that was not, it's not important therapeutically or it's not important professionally that that information be shared in this moment. And I think that that is a really important one where it's not that you're withholding information, you're just being mindful for a moment to be like, is this personal share relevant to the professional work that we're doing? Because sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. Yes. And that's very different than sometimes we take this sort of professional label and we try to be perfect and we try to hide our emotions and feelings and we try to hide our imperfections or hide where we're breaking down or where we're struggling. Like that is a different thing altogether. That is like a misunderstanding, in my opinion, of what professionalism is. And it's going to create a lot of exhaustion trying to you know, pretend that everything is okay when it's not. Um, And so I think, you know, a lot of us struggle in business. Like I'm very honest with my clients. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, look, I've had a really tough week. And that's the way that I frame it. I've had a really tough week and what's going on with you? You know, as I turn it back around on them, it's not about me telling them why and what that means and how that is. That would be sort of me being not only unprofessional, but a bit selfish. Yeah, And so, you know, I think that, that that's one of the ways we have to look at it, but also, you know, we, it's not about hiding and trying to be perfect. And that's what I see a lot of women doing in the business arena. You know, they're trying to put up this face that everything is fantastic. Everything is amazing. And this really also takes us into sort of the positive, um, psychology or positive affirmation sort of land, which is something that is one of those really burrs that I do not, you know, that sort of like get into my skin because I think that we do more damage um, than we do positivity are are more damaged rather than we do help as far as sort of being all this sort of positiveness over what we're actually feeling. 
Yes, yes. And oh my goodness, that one of my Instagram accounts that I follow, they posted this um, image of this post-it note that said, um, I will not compare myself to a stranger on Instagram today. <laughs> like, I was like, this is awesome because this whole thing that we do, this perfectionism, this, you know, it's then people are comparing themselves to that. Like we are then looking at this other image that's perfect. And we're thinking that we have to be that. And that person's a stranger, you know, like these things that we're comparing ourselves to are not always um, realistic. So, and I know we've talked about this in previous um, comparison, stealing your joy, talked about yeah. that in previous episodes. Um, but like this idea that um, I think that for me, it's taken me some time to feel more comfortable showing up like showing up um, with all my imperfection as imperfections as an entrepreneur, because I was thinking that people would be judging my success, judging my, um, my business. And then they wouldn't want to do business with me. Like if my business is um, not going that well, then they're going to judge me and not want to work with me or not want to come to my co-working space. And so there were like times that I um, felt like I couldn't show that side of things. But what's happened recently, and especially at this 10 year mark for me, as I've been reflecting on all the things I've learned as an entrepreneur and I've practiced just recently, I'm talking to other women entrepreneurs lately that I've been meeting for coffee or different things. And I'm just trying it out, like being really honest and saying, yeah, a lot of people perceive my co-working space is really um, abundant or financially successful because from the outside, they see this and this and this. But, you know, I had no investors and I had to seed my space with my own money. And I've had to put all this different money into my space. And this is all the stuff that was really imperfect about, um, or I always felt was so imperfect about what I was doing, you know, trying to like bootstrap everything. But now I see all those things as really valuable to me because I've learned this and that. And, and I don't know, like I've turned my vulnerabilities around where I can talk about them and be like, but the point to Brene's point where she, Brene Brown talks about that you have to process something before you share it is that I've processed a lot of these things in my business. I've noticed um, where I felt most vulnerable, where I've questioned myself and then I can talk about it with women that are like not as far along the journey and be real and be very real with them, but also feel very um, confident in my imperfections, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like just, I can show them like, yeah, this was hard and, and this is still hard. And, um, and it's, it just feels okay for me as I've gained my ground on it. And I've done a lot of processing on, on the journey. And I don't know I, if that makes sense, but yeah. No, I think I think the processing piece is actually really important, right? I mean, it's the same sort of rule I have even around this podcast. If I feel like I've processed something and I'm I'm self-possessed around it, then that's totally a topic I can I can explore, right? On the podcast or you know, in a professional atmosphere in the public, but it has to be something that I've, you know, 
integrated, looked at, and I have a balanced perspective on if I'm still really raw and in pain around something or reactive around something or super sensitive, well, then that's not something that I would bring into the podcast or that I would bring, you know, into the public view. I would bring that to my therapist. I would bring that to my friends. You know, I think that's the, that's a really good way to look at it in terms of sort of that professional line and that public line. Because I think in today's age, when we're talking about business and professionalism, we're also talking about public, you know, like we're so public and how we're operating our businesses now with social media and all the videos and podcasts, all the ways we're doing it. So like, you can't really talk about professionalism with also talk about, you know, being in the public eye. And so, you know, again, it's not about being a different person, but it is about being really conscious of what information you're sharing. And this is one of the things that I um, have had a lot of conversations around recently as well, because I think there, there was this sort of, you know, hype around, it's all about your story and, you know, storytelling and everyone should be sharing their story. And, and so it was interesting because I had a conversation with someone recently where, she had a really, she has an amazing story, right? She had a really tough life. She overcame it. She's got one of those, you know, kind of like um, overcoming challenges story, hero stories, and it's amazing. But using that as her primary marketing tool, which a lot of people do, it actually was creating the completely wrong target market. Like all these people were resonating with her story, but they were at a stage where they couldn't utilize her services. And so, you know, this, this idea that sometimes, you know, we're, we should just be so vulnerable and share every part of our story. And, you know, that's not always effective in business. And, and I think this is where we have to be really clear with what is the purpose of our sharing things and how effective is it for our business? You know, is it necessary? Is it helpful for other people? Um, and really just, I guess, being more mindful in general of what we're talking about and what we're sharing. Because when I look at sort of this line or this topic around professionalism, I think oftentimes it's, it's about communication, you know, now sometimes it can also weave into things about how we're presenting ourselves. You know, do we always look good? You know, do we always have makeup on? You know, like, so there's, you know, so there's, there's some of those lines we can draw and look at as well. But I think around communication, what we're talking about is what do you share? And I think being really honest about where you are is great and really important and allows you to be less exhausted. But mm-hmm. sharing too much, things that aren't integrated, things that are wounds that you haven't healed, you're opening yourself up to, um, too much vulnerability and, you know, it's, you're just allowing yourself to, to share too much. So then that's where we're looking at is the line. Yeah. I was actually kind of trying to think of what are the, what are the times that we hear people say, Oh, that was so unprofessional, like those judgments that we make. And one of them, I feel like I used to fear was the fear of, um, me being a mom and like bringing my kids Mm. into a discussion or like for the reason. And now I can't even fathom that that was uncomfortable because I say all the time to people, Hey, like I got to go get my kid. Um, or I'm not in, um, I'm not going to be in the office because my kid's home. But there was a time where I used to think, well, can I bring my home life? Can I, can I make it clear that I'm unavailable because I'm taking a week off to be with my family or a week off to just do self care or, Hey, I'm not available today because I'm in my, I'm going to have a massage appointment. <laughs> like yeah. it's funny. Cause there, I can remember when I first started off, I wasn't sure 
if it was okay to be honest about where I really was, because that would be seen as, well, that was really unprofessional. Like really, she's just going to tell me all about her kid home with chicken pox. And I don't know, because there were certain circles that I used to run in that they didn't talk about that. And then we opened Soma Vida and <laughs> it's a work-life <laughs> balance center. And we had um, that integration and I started using that as, you know, very clear in my communication or my emails are with members. Like I'm not available because I've got these family obligations. And then it was really beautiful because people started like responding. Oh yes, I totally get that. And I'd love to be able to get together again, but I have to go see my kids play at this time. And so, you know, and then I noticed the more that I was transparent about those things that I did more business and I had more of a professional network that also um, felt comfortable naming that they're at yoga and that's why they don't have their phone on. So does that make, you know, it's like, as I started to be more comfortable within what feels good to me, then I also was in a space where that was seen as professional still, or that was not, not seen as, Oh, she's being so unprofessional. Yeah. And look, I think we've got to, we have to split some hairs, right? Because, uh, so let's take in business, depending on who your target market is, the way that I look at things is that if you have a good fit target market, they're going to resonate with who you are. So, you know, being, if you're responsible, again, that's where we talked about sort of the line between professionalism, but, you know, as long as you're responsible for yourself, I think, you know, being really transparent about who you are, what your lifestyle is, you know, your balance, taking time for yourself, what you're going to create, like those are, those will resonate with your ideal target market. So I think we can talk about that. But Mm -hmm. I also think one of the things that, that we have to sort of address is you will be judged. So like being honest and transparent and real, like you will be judged. So let's like sort of like talk about the elephant in the room, because I think sometimes we think like we can surround ourselves with amazing people. And I highly suggest that you create more people who support you than more people who judge you right in your atmosphere. But like you will be judged, whether it's your family or your parents or your or if you're in a corporate environment you know, and dealing with corporate clients, like, you know, that's a whole different atmosphere. Like you, you know, it is, it is inevitable, but regardless of the judging, I think what we have to talk about is the value of still being transparent and honest and authentic. And so here's my take on it. So number one, if we don't start shifting and changing the paradigm, which means we have to be the leaders, then nothing is ever going to change. We're all going to have to keep pretending. We're all going to have to keep being the, you know, old ideal of professional. Like if we don't start to change things, who will? And so I think, you know, that's number one. And the second thing is we have to learn to be more resilient. Like who cares if any one's judging us. Like, I want to live my life the way that I want to live my life. If you don't like it, don't be around me. Don't talk to me. Don't use me. Whatever, whatever is fine. <laughs> like, you know, I either you love me for who I am or you don't. And I think that is the stage that really we all have to get to for real freedom. Yes. Ugh, I love that. And it's learning to be okay knowing, like you said, that there's still going to be judgment. You're going to do everything that you do. And regardless, there's going to be people that judge and being okay with the discomfort that can arise from people's judgment and just coming back to owning your experience and being responsible for your experience. And I'm glad you named that elephant in the room because I think that 
we could have talked this whole time about the importance of, um, you know, how do you go in that edge of between professionalism? And, um, and I think that that was what I was kind of thinking. I was thinking, who are those, what are those times that I feel judged? Like, Oh, that was so unprofessional. And it doesn't matter how hard I would try, even if I was trying to be, um, as professional as possible and just it tending to those different things, somebody is going to see whatever I'm doing uh, through their lens. And that's not about me. It's about them and about what they're seeing. And, and in our businesses, you well, okay, this is something, I don't know if we've ever called it this, but I think you have to have um, that expression, thick skin as an mm. entrepreneur, because you're public, you're putting yourself out there. You're visible even more so now, like you said, with all the video and the social media profiles and not everybody's going to think that what you're saying, what you're doing is great. They're not going to think it and that's okay. But how do you feel about what you're bringing forward and how do you, what are your definitions of what's professional too? Like what does professionalism mean to you? Does that mean that you always have to be dressed to the nines when you go and see your clients? I mean, I personally have trained all my clients to me in yoga pants. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I professionally present well in yoga pants. So I'm okay with that. And you know, there's just like, I think we have to get really clear with what feels comfortable for us, but ask yourself, but is this really me? Am I doing this to feel professional for me? Or is this what I was told I was supposed to look like or act like, you know, um, to be professional? I think that's really important. Yes. I think it's so important. And this is why everything we talk about comes from the inside out, right? Like it doesn't matter when you are fully confident in your choices, when you recognize that you get to define what is professional for you and you get to define what is responsible for you and you get to choose it all, then it's like you stop caring about what other people think because they're just coming from their own viewpoints. It doesn't really matter. They can have their viewpoint. That's fine. But they're sure as hell not going to tell me what my viewpoint should be. And so I think, you know, there's a difference. Like we started off kind of in this podcast talking about like there is a line, I think, on a, as far as integrity goes, right? And that integrity line is, you know, I'm going to do what's responsible, right? You know, so what is responsible for the relationship that I'm currently having or the relationship that I'm in. And so I think that is, you know, where you have to define and determine and discern what, you know, your responsibility is, right? So that's your thing. But getting into sort of this public viewpoint and what we're talking about, I mean, everyone is going to define professionalism according to their own judgments. And so you're going to be judged. People aren't going to like you. People aren't going to agree with you. And you know what? It doesn't matter. As long as you are, you know, really being who you are, people will follow you. They will see your leadership. And this is the thing I think we we don't get. Like so much of the kind of influencer mentality and like there's just so much smoke and mirrors now. But the truth is the real leaders in the world, the real people who are integrated, who are authentic, who are standing in their power, who are responsible, like they have followers. They have people who respect and admire them, you know, and the reason is, is because they're leaders. And this is where I think we all have to move to. It doesn't matter whether you're running a business or in the corporate world or, you know, whether you're at McDonald's, like, 
It's about being a leader and stepping into who you are. And, you know, this is the this whole journey and this topic ties really well into it. Yes. Yes. It's that self-awareness that then leads to self-responsibility, you know, yeah. and we can't be responsible for self until we really can be aware of self. And this is the inner work that is so important to you and I in as we've, as we've journeyed through being entrepreneurs you know, things happen. People reflect back things to you. They judge you. They, you know, bring up, they mirror things for you. And then there's the invitation and the opportunity to look at, you know, what do I really think about this? What does professionalism mean? What's my, where are my lines of integrity? Like, what do I, um, what do I sort of run my, what are the values, the cores I run my business by? Like, how do I live by these? And it's in that self-awareness, that reflection, that inquiry, that we can then be more responsible for ourselves because then we get what's ours and then maybe what we're taking on or what is being, um, yeah, what's, what's externally being valued, you know? And I really think that, this conversation kind of started, you know, when you and I were talking about like just showing up as with imperfection, showing up as yourself mm -hmm. in all different walks of life. And so many women feel like they're still having to wear masks. And I know this was not something we're going to solve in this conversation, but it's like, mm -hmm. can't, do we have to wear as many masks? And sometimes maybe it's okay to have those masks when we're not feeling um, like that the people around us can really respect who we are or see ourselves. And we were like, there's a, there's like a self-protection, but don't, I don't want people to get stuck behind those masks. I don't want them to feel like they have to continue to be around um, that group or that audience that doesn't receive them. You know, that's where I've had to think about where, where do I really show up? Not just for myself, like, okay, I'm showing up and then where am I received and paying attention to that energy of reception, like how people are receiving and reflecting back in, in choosing those environments that cultivate, that cultivated, right. And, and a culture of that we can all show up. Yeah, look, I think it's important to have the people that you can be truly, fully open and vulnerable with. I would also argue that no mask is good. Like, yeah. I, and, and I think this is a hard, I, I think saying it and practicing it are two very different things. Like, I know it's something I'm always practicing. I'm always integrating. I'm always working with, you know, but I actually think I have very few masks, and I'm sure there's some that I still have to integrate that I don't see yet. And that's fine as well. But I also think we, it's, I know, like, I appreciate sort of giving permission to wear the protection when you need it. But yeah. I also think that in doing that, we still sort of perpetuate this idea that we have to protect ourselves, that we have to wear masks, that we have to be something other than we are. And I think that just gets into dangerous territory because I think- mm -hmm. Like it's a practice. So like you, no one's going to get it perfect, right? So then there's a no perfection. But I also think we have to work and strive towards letting down all of our masks, letting down some of those walls and protection, but being discerning 
with who we share things with. Yes. So it's one yeah. thing. And, and so I want to frame it that way because I think it's a really important distinction. So there's one thing when I'm deciding, I'm going to just, um, I'm going to discern that this particular moment is not a good time to share everything, but I'm not going to try to hide where I'm at, or I'm not going to try to, to, you know, pretend to be something else, you know, but I'm going to be discerning not to share everything. And then I'm going to go over to this other place where I feel like I can share it all. And all, it can all spill mm-hmm. out and all my emotions can spill out. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, these differences are really key and important because even the idea that I have to wear a mask for any amount of time depletes my energy and it, it like, it loses your effectiveness to thrive in life and yes. in business. And yes. so I think we kind of have to sort of, um, dissect that a little bit. Yeah, no, I love that. And that point and and to add to it around the mask is that it can be a discerning tool. Like if you have awareness that you keep putting a mask on or several masks, like to really look at what environments are you feeling called to do that? Um, And what is it about that environment? Because there there are people that are not safe. There are people that are toxic. Like there, there are people in your life that you might find that you're continuing to go to for validation or to have a professional or personal relationship with, and you keep putting this mask on and you're thinking, okay, Oh, I got to take down the mask. I got to take down the mask. If you feel like that, that you can't get that mask down then there, there's just an inquiry into why is this not safe? And then maybe it's okay. This is not a safe environment for me. Like I've had clients that continue to try to deepen vulnerability with a friend group that doesn't want to go there, that doesn't return that level of respect and authenticity. They're not a safe Mm. group to develop those friendships. And so letting that go, letting that group go, and then finding who are the people that you do get to show up and that you don't even have that mask in your purse. You don't even Mm. think about it. It's not even around. And so it can, I like that point of, we really want to move towards where we don't, the mask is not anything that we should ever have to put on. Mm. But if you notice yourself wearing it, what's happening? Where are you? And, and I know it's scary, but for those of you that are listening, that feel like you're doing it all the time at work or in your, you know, with the people that are, um, maybe that your your boss or your team, it's time to look at, is this a good fit for you? Is that place a good fit? Is that organizational culture where you really want to be? Because that may not be the place for you if that mask is always slipping on. (laughs) Yeah, look, I think that's great. I think it's really good perspective. And I think we, we do have to choose our environments and we do have to choose our clients. And, you know, it is about sort of making some conscious choices. I also thought it would be cool to just really pull a thread really quick because one of the things that a lot of people ask me about and that I talk about is when you have dual relationships. So, you know, how do you sort of have that professionalism or that, you know, that different role when you've got multiple kinds of relationships. And 
I will be honest to say that dual relationships are really challenging and it has to be sort of the right person that you have a dual relationship with. And and so I guess, you know, just to explain what a dual relationship with, you, it's like you have more than one role. So maybe it's like someone who is a client, but they almost also might be a friend or they might be a coworker or you, know, you, you sort of got multiple roles that you're playing with them. Um, so this is a really interesting topic. What do yeah. you think, Laura? Yeah, that's true. And, you know, in a way, therapists, we are told such a black and white piece of that, like we cannot have dual relationships. So you almost go too far with that because there's also sometimes you can't avoid that situation. Um, If you're in a small community and you're a therapist and then you go to, um, you know, to the PTA and your children's school, there's parents that um, may be a client or, you know, there's times that we can't avoid it as therapists. So we definitely have had to look at talking to that person. Sometimes with dual relationships, you have to say, Hey, we have this relationship professionally. And then we're also going to see each other in personal spheres. And how do we want that to look? What would we, you know, how is that going to be? And some people are, it's easy because you, you have a clear, you have some clear boundaries that you draw. And yeah, when we see each other out socially, let's just not ever, let's just not talk about work. Let's not bring that in. And um, we have enough other things that we have in common and that we share, we can talk about, but you know, it's definitely, it's one that can get really tricky if you don't um, address it with intentionality (laughs) and awareness and, and and then it can get really sticky. And then you're like, how am I going to get myself out of this situation? Yeah, totally. And and I find um because I feel like I'm very good at dual relationships, like I am good with boundaries, I'm good in my communication, but if the other person doesn't have the same level of mastery around that, it can end up in in really challenging situations. And personally, I've found that like having a client that's also a friend doesn't work. And the reason is is because there's a different, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, with that boundary of professionalism or responsibility, you have a different responsibility with a client than you have with a friend. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if the if the friendship is reciprocal, you know, as most friendships should be, and you're sharing more then, you know, it's like then that bleeds into the professional relationship as well. And they'll have less respect for you as a mentor or, you know, as your as your, you know, a coach or whatever you are. And it'll be more of a struggle in that professional relationship because there's a really different viewpoint. And so I think, you know, we we sort of have to talk about this because I think a lot of people can, can blend it. They kind of think, oh, you know, I I really could coach my friend. They really need help as an example. Yeah. Or, or they really, really love their client and they want to be friends with their client. And so, you know, I think this is just something we have to talk about because there is a difference in what we share and in how we operate still all again, we want to be transparent and authentic, but we tend to share a lot more, um, background and a lot more information with someone who's a friend. And there's that reciprocal back and forth. It's more of an equal level playing field than it is with a client who's paying us money to support them. And it's all about them. So I think, you know, there, yeah, it's, this is sort of a really interesting and, and important, subtle topic that we need to talk about. Yeah. Uh, because, 
I yeah, know people for sure. struggle. Yes. And it, and I'm glad you're, we're, we can both bring in the coaching perspective and the therapeutic um, perspective, because I think, you know, that's why it's a part of the ethical guidelines for therapists and psychologists yeah. and medical doctors. Like so many of us have in these professions, like you can not have dual relationships in which your friends, oh, it's like I'm in New York city. I've got some, because uh, <laughs> you know, you hear that in the New York podcast. Hey everybody. Yeah, totally. In, York, um, in Austin, Texas. Um, so like, like you can't have a, a friendship with a client because it will it will bleed into that therapeutic relationship and it affects the therapist or the doctor's objectivity. Yes. And I think that what's happening is that a lot of coaches are experiencing that, but they haven't, it hasn't been as, it's not a, it's not a rule. It's not like a guiding ethical guideline you have to follow to keep your coaching certificate or your coaching experience. But it's something that the reason why is that it protects the reason why we have that as therapist is that it protects us as the therapist and it protects the client um, because we don't want to lose track of the work and friendships don't have any like tit for tat, like friendships are messy and complicated and the whole person. And there's like <laughs> not this, um, purpose in the, in the way that a therapeutic relationship is formed, like around me helping you with this particular skill set and me really being this guide, a facilitator, healing modality, right? So I think that um, in that way, therapists, it's easier for us because yeah. it's very clear that there's no friendships. And have I had clients that I would love to be their friends? Yes. Totally. But, yeah. you know, um, but I'm like, yeah, that's not going, we're not going to have that relationship here. But for therapists that have to have dual, it's usually because you have to learn how to be around those people in social situations, but you don't really develop intimate relationships. You just happen to have shared community belonging sometimes. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think it's, it is a good example with therapy because it is so black and white. And I think there's a lot of other industries where it bleeds, you know, like uh, professional services. I mean, and, and even, you know, some of the things like, for instance, I mean, Laura and I, I feel like are a really good example of a dual relationship that worked. Like, you know, Laura and I were running a business together. We were living together. We were sort of, you know, um, parenting our kids together. And, you know, we had this really beautiful, you know, dual relationships. And we really never had any, any significant challenges. And I feel like the reason that Laura and I could do that so well is because we were super honest. We would pull each other aside. If we were struggling with something, we were very communicative. Like there was no sort of hidden, um, you know, resentment or hidden issues. Like we would just sort of bring it all to the surface. I mean, would you agree, Laura? Yes. And I was thinking we have similar mindsets about that. I think yeah. that was why, like for us, we saw that that was really important, everything being honest. And, um, we didn't let things just go unspoken. And what happens in a lot of those sticky dual relationships is resentment start to build or people are having one experience, but because they see you in a professional way, they are afraid they're going to lose that relationship if they tell you that they're upset with you as a friend or, you know, yeah. and there's like all these different things. And we were always able to talk about those things with each other. That is pretty amazing. Just as you said that, I was like, whoa, we had a lot of different overlaps. Yeah. <laughs> well, we but you and I are so similar in, in the way that we approach life. So that made it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that that is the piece. It's like, you know, sometimes I tell people because I think having a partnership in a business as an example is like a marriage and there it's going to bleed over. Like if you like your partner, you know, oftentimes you're also going to be friends. You're going to share deep intimacies. Like, you know, that's part of what can happen. And I think if, if the other person is not really open and honest, both people aren't really open and honest, really good communicators, really willing to set boundaries and be clear about what's happening and sort of operate in a similar way, it gets really, really challenging, which is why a lot of partnerships don't work long-term. And so, you know, I think this is the, you know, why again, And it's just so important to kind of look at it. But dual relationships, I found for myself, although I feel capable of having a dual relationship with clients sometimes, depending on what's happened or what the relationship looks like, I found that ultimately it never, ever works. And that's because usually the other person is not as good at sort of maintaining those dual relationships. And as soon as you take a client relationship or a professional relationship, so this doesn't have to be a client, it could be a coworker, it could be something. As soon as you take that into the friendship realm, it changes the roles and in the rules. And as long as you're okay with that and you've explored that and you've looked at that, then, then, you know, that's your choice. But I think it's, it, um, it's inevitable that dual relationships are really not ideal when it comes to clients. Yes. Yes. So there's certain things that we can do in our businesses um, to help them with that, with our comfort on what feels professional for us. This kind of goes back to um, professionalism is about like, Mm. what do you, what are your boundaries (laughs) around professionalism? What do you need? And if that gets really tricky for you um, in, in handling dual relationships and friendships, like then that just becomes something for you that that's not a professional thing for your business to go in, develop friendships with all your clients. That's just something that you can become mindful of. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you don't get to show up as you with your clients as a human, but you get to be, um, yeah, human in those different ways. And it's, I think that's, and that's something maybe where I was trying to get at in this podcast, Sonia is like the complexity of you can show up as a human being and be okay with all of those imperfections without losing credibility. But it does take that self-responsibility, that self-awareness, um, and the ability to draw your own lines of what feels good for you, what doesn't feel good uh, for your own sense of professionalism. Yes. And I think honestly, we have to move to a, like redefining professionalism if we're going to have the freedom and balance that we truly want in business. You know, like we're, yeah. we often talk about, I mean, was, a lot of people think financial freedom is like the, the sort of cornerstone of freedom in business. And that's one aspect, but also it's around our ability to be free, to feel free to be ourselves. And I think, you know, we're going to have to move towards more, um, a, a redefinition of professionalism to taking down our masks, to being more transparent, but there is a line and that line is, you know, really, I think responsibility, that's the way that I would define it. Yes. You know, are we being responsible? Are we being self-responsible? And and are we being responsible to ourselves, not just the other? Like if I'm oversharing, that's not very responsible for the care of myself. So yeah. I think that's also something that we're taking into 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 respect. But I I think this has a been a great topic. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like it. Many different facets of it. And mm-hmm. um, once again, seeing ways that we can take this into future podcasts. And, and I'd be curious to hear the listeners and like what they um, are thinking. And I'm planning on, I'm, I'm trying to work out a system where I can jump into the Facebook group more often that many of you guys had Sonia's wisdom yes. there. Um, and so I'm putting it on my fall, like fall to me is like new year's resolutions. And <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at how I can jump in more. Cause I really want to hear, um, I'm really curious to hear how these different topics are landing and, and this one in particular, love to hear the listeners thoughts on it. So, yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't joined our Facebook group, please do, because we love having discussions and talking about different things. So, you know, this is a great, we love having feedback and your ideas about what you'd like to hear, what you think about the topics that we're expressing and, you know, this is what it's all about. So thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay, talk to you next week.